All right, we sit uh, today on January 7th, the day after the Electoral College vote, as it were. Um, and it's disappointing, very, very uh, poor day. Uh, to deal with an America that is uh, on the precipice of losing its democracy. Yesterday, the 6th, the day of the Electoral College vote, was supposed to be a day where we would be objecting to the various states. Uh, that process did begin, particularly with Arizona, uh, but then it was hijacked by a story, at the very least, of renegade Trump supporters who took over the Capitol, uh, decided to destroy it uh, and otherwise uh, show total disrespect and, uh, you know, frustrate the system. It was the first time since 1814, they said, since the British invaded uh, Washington, D.C., uh, whereby the Capitol was attacked like that. Uh, and how horrific it is, these violent Trump supporters. Okay, where do we go with this? Putting aside the fact, and, and it, it is worth noting, that the vast majority of the violence came from Antifa and other non-Trump supporter uh, attackers, but putting that aside, because that's very clear to us, the police actually let these protesters into the Capitol. If you're wondering why it was so easy to get into the Capitol, uh, here's why. Because the police let them into the Capitol. Okay, yeah, the some, most guarded building on earth. Yeah, something, something was up with that. And we actually have videos to that effect, right? And then we also saw buses being, uh, buses bringing in Antifa members. Escorted that was videoed by, as well. And, escorted and, by police, those buses. Right, they were brought right to the front. And look, <clears throat> it's, it's one thing, you know, that for Antifa members too, who are actually violent thugs and such, they're pretending to be Trump supporters, and then they rally other Trump supporters who are legit Trump supporters to say, let's go into the Capitol. So they think that they're doing something grandiose. <clears throat> but I, I defy you to find actual Trump supporters who, were, uh, who had decided to actually attack and deface and all those things that they talked about. It's just not within us. You can also look at all the video that took place outside of the Capitol, and you don't see the same sort of madness that you saw during the summer of 2020. No, no one looted the Louis Vuitton store. No, no one, one burned down Brooks yeah. Brothers. I'm just curious, where were the Trump supporters driving brand new SUVs, lining them up and filling them with luxury merchandise right. after shattering Blake glass windows? It didn't happen. Where were they actually running around? I mean, they, they were walking. Everyone was walking, just standing or walking around. It's not as if they were going around the, and, and climbing up lampposts and, and throwing Molotov cocktails and such. It wasn't like that whatsoever. So somehow there's incredible calm on the outside, but incredible mayhem on the inside. Uh, what's, what gives with that? And then you have uh, people actually dying. Uh, sadly, this uh, one veteran woman uh, who had uh, done four tours of duty or something like that in Iraq uh, or Afghanistan. I and we shall say her name. Ashley Babbitt was murdered by a policeman in yes, the Yes, exactly right. And it was very bizarre. But, but again, all this horrific stuff... Um, served only to play to the, into the hands of the Democrats. And of course, uh, having that opportunity, they seized upon it and uh, they tried to exploit it to, to all its full advantage. Uh, and, then, and then accusing Trump of having started the whole thing and initiated the, the riots, the riots, don't you know? Never mind, of course, 
that uh, yeah, media the, claim that who didn't even carry his speech live. Uh, then covered the violence that they could show on TV live. Of course, of course. Ostensibly blaming what he said that they didn't show in his speech for the reason for the violence. I mean, it was a beautiful setup. Yes. So now, look, uh, and, and, and not only that, is, not, not only, hold on, hold on. And not only that, there was the, uh, the notion of that the, the vast majority of these people, and I really mean the vast majority, were very peaceful. <clears throat> but of course, the, there you go with that phrase, right? The vast majority of them are peaceful protesters. Mostly peaceful. Most yeah. peaceful. So... There's mostly peaceful, uh, you know, 60% is mostly peaceful, uh, and you still have 40% who are extremely uh, uh, violent. And you can also have 99.9% uh, that are mostly peaceful. Both statements uh, using the phrase mostly peaceful would be correct, correct? Correct. Right, there you go. But in our case, it was 99.9% were very peaceful. And the 0.1%, even if you assume that they were Trump supporters, which is a big assumption, uh, still, it, it would, it, it, you know, they don't want to parlay that. Because why would they? I right. mean, and then they why, use, why start with the truth now? Yeah, and then they use this entire thing ostensibly to, to derail any of the protest procedures that would have delayed things a little bit. They, they were so intent on co confirming Biden as quick as possible. They did it at 3.40 in the morning East Coast time. They didn't even take a break for dinner. They didn't even break and go, oh, let's go to bed, come back tomorrow and finish this. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, it very was frustrating. Rush beyond belief because today Sorry. it was scheduled. It, today it was scheduled in Wisconsin to have a decertification vote of the Wisconsin electors. So they were rushing things, rushing things, rushing things to make sure Biden certification in Congress happened before any states could decertify. Likewise with Arizona too. I think they, they're going to do that on the eleventh. Right? On the eleventh, yes. yeah, that's Monday. But the real one was today, Wisconsin. You know, state legislatures have to schedule themselves as they do. And being that theirs was scheduled today, you would think Congress would at least allow a couple hours to figure out what one of the states might have done with new information come to light, et cetera. Well, but they also get very tired, and I'm sure they did. And then they seizing upon the, the violence that happened in the Capitol uh, and trying to guilt the Republicans out of it. Uh, including, um, you know, uh, several, uh, what's her name, the, the one who ran uh, recently? Leffler. Leffler, yeah, she, she backed out of objecting to the certification process because, you know, well, she's lost, so for th that's one thing. And then secondly, uh, she needed to look good in front of the cameras for whatever reason. Anyway, the point is, uh, we, have a, um, we have a problem on our hands. Uh, and then Trump this morning said that he would agree to the peaceful transition of power on the 20th. Now, I often like to look at what is said, but also more importantly, what is, what not, is said. not said. Yeah. So let's look at what is not said in this particular case. Well, he didn't say a certain person's name as far as who the transition would go to. Right. He which did not I say very optimistically asked. Yeah. He did not say, "Let us all support Biden. He's going to be our president. I fully support him going forward, and I ask my supporters to please rally behind him as well." Nothing of the sort was said. Nor did he say that there is going to be uh, a transition to a Biden presidency, to a Democrat presidency for that matter. He simply said he expects the peaceful transition of power on the 20th. And he said one more thing. He said, and by the way, I'm not conceding. 
So yeah, that's, that's the other thing he did. Not, that's the other thing he, he did not say that he was conceding. Yeah. See, wait, once in a while, wait, wait. I contribute something useful. <laughs> you know. Wait, wait. Did, are you saying that he actually said, yeah, "I'm not conceding"? His words were, "I'm not conceding, but I'm supporting a peaceful transition on the 20th." But it, it, that's a that's a term of art because any time a president is re-inaugurated, it's technically a transition into another administration, his second term. So yeah, that's right. It left a lot of things open. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair statement. So let's see. Look, I'm, I'm still not uh, optimistic uh, at this point, given what uh, has happened last night uh, on the 6th. At the same time, there is some hope. Uh, Ari, what do you think about the, uh, the possibility of some other option that Trump might have, such as the Insurrection Act? I think those are strong possibilities. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I'd like to focus on something first. It's your show, of course. But may I posit that we address something first and then talk about those options? Okay. And I believe the elephant in the room over there in the corner that needs to be addressed addresses what we talked about last week, which is the conduct of one Michael Pence, a.k.a. Cassius, Brutus, and Judas. Find your <laughs> right. nicknames like, for him. I like it. So I believe we need to discuss what what we talked about last week in relation to what Pence revealed to us yesterday. I think that his conduct is, needs to be parsed in sort of a specific way because it was part and parcel of everything else that happened. Okay. And then okay, discuss yeah, so, options. So I'm going to give major props to Ari uh, at this point. And, you know, you know I, I like to play chess, Ari. And one of the things is sometimes... Uh, you see a move that you can make and you say, oh, that would be great. And then you realize, oh, wait, I can't do that because if I do that, then the knight on the, of the other side will take that piece, for example. Uh, it is, is cl it's closed off as, as an option. Yeah, let me translate that to English. No, 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 come on, come on. Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Let's, uh, let, me, let me move on. All right, I'm trying to give you some props. Know. You, know, just, you know, just relax. Okay. <sighs> this is what I have to work with, folks. Okay, so... The point is that there are certain options that are off the table and certain facts that, uh, you know, have to be respected and, and therefore make it an impossibility. Sorry. So would you please turn off your iPhone thing? I didn't thing? do anything. I don't Seriously. know what you're doing. Yeah, Kim Jong-un is listening to us through, you know. <laughs> through, through his, his watch, Apple watch. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, Ari correctly brought up the fact that Mike Pence had been very unsupportive of Michael Flynn and sold him down the river. Uh, and that was a powerful fact for Ari uh, when we contemplated the possibility of Mike Pence doing the right thing, quote unquote, when it came to the certification or non-certification of the electoral votes uh, yesterday. And uh, I kind of dismissed that uh, because I felt like, well, that's, you know, that's something I heard you say it. But yet I didn't factor it in. I should have heard it and factored it in because that a man who could do that, a man who could betray Michael Flynn is a man who could easily betray Donald Trump when, when push came to shove. Donald Trump supported Michael Flynn all the way through. He knew what was right. Michael Pence did not. Something was up with that. So at the very least, what I should have said is, uh, yeah, this thing with Michael, uh, Michael Flynn, that's, that's, uh, that's an issue. I, you know, that kind of detracts from my assurance that Mike Pence will do something, Christian man or not. That was my theory last uh, week. But it turns out that Michael Pence was quite 
the disappointment, more than a disappointment, quite, quite the traitor in the process. Uh, there was indeed a dramatic rift that happened between Mike Pence and uh, Donald Trump yesterday, and probably before that, for that matter. Uh, we're talking about January 6th. Uh, so we knew that Mike Pence would do nothing at the end of the day, uh, you know, literally at the end of the day of January 6th. It was a very sad day. Now, what do we take from this? Where do we go from here? Assuming that Biden becomes president, assuming that, and we have a 50-50 Senate um, where Kamala Harris or whoever the vice president of Kamala Harris ultimately will be, because that's what's going to happen. 56-45 Senate with Romney and those other... That's a good way of putting it, yes. Uh, In any event, uh, at least ostensibly Republican-Democrat 50-50, that uh, she would be the tiebreaker when there there are tiebreakers to be had. it's not looking good for the next two years, at the very least. Um, the thing that, that concerns me the most, Ari, it, it's, I mean, putting aside the fact that uh, Trump had won this election in a, in a landslide and it was stolen, which is a huge thing to be disappointed about, of course, and you feel that the system is dramatically undermined. My, my main concern is that we can't make it up in 2022 or 2024. How do we... Uh, how do we claw back from this if they are going to continue using Dominion software or something like it, if they're going to continue using mail-in ballots, uh, using whatever justification they can? Because they ain't going back. It's like uh, the idea of going back to voter ID. It's, it's not going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things. It's like turning 21 and being able to drink. You don't just go back. Right, yeah, you don't you say now, that now the age limit is 24. Uh, it, it, or, for that matter... Uh, it's like, uh, you know, casual Fridays going back and, and you're otherwise expected to wear a, ties, a suit and ties uh, Monday through Thursday. It's not going to happen. We, we've already tasted uh, this informality and we're going, you know, continue with it. Leviathan is and, and for that matter, it, yeah. And for that matter, gay marriage, for example. It, it, it may not make sense. Um, it, it, it's, you know, the whole purpose of marriage is, is between man and woman and such like that. You, you don't have to like it. That doesn't mean that we can't support gays and such like that. I don't want to get into the, to the thick of that. But I am saying that if for some reason uh, there was a movement to not recognize gay marriage, well, that, that will just never work. It's, it's done. No. And, and so this is, hang on, Ari. But my concern about the voting process the, uh, going forward is that they will not go back to greater uh, what Security will go to only less. Yeah. I mean, obviously. But, a greater, greater, I, I don't want to, yeah. I, no. I, they, they need to go back to a, a system of greater scrutiny, and they're not going to do it. And then what does that mean? It means that the Democrats will always play this game. They will be in control of the electoral process at this point. Uh, and I, I, I hardly believe that the wolves will be able to guard this hen house while protect, literally protecting the hens. I just don't see that happening. Well, well I think... You're absolutely right in all that, but there's a a bigger issue at play here that has to be addressed. And the bigger issue at play is the red pilling. We've talked about the concept of red pilling for many years, about a liberal learning conservative values and going, oh, I guess I'm conservative, I've learned the truth. But what happened in the last six weeks, culminating with yesterday, was a massive red pilling 
of everyone who's been paying attention and who has conservative values. And the red pill, if you remember the exact specific words of the red pill moment of the movie The Matrix, Morpheus offers either pill to Neo, and then he says, before Neo officially takes the red pill, he says, remember, the only thing I offer you is the truth, nothing more. Okay? Yeah, that's right. Right? Well, yesterday, the truth was fully revealed to all of us who've been paying attention. And the truth is so mind-boggling, like in The Matrix, where Dio realizes his entire world is a dream. We've been living in a dream. We've had no... If you don't control who is in charge of the leadership of our government, if we don't have control over who presides as our public servants... We don't have liberty because all of our other liberties are just temporary little illusions, right? And we learned yesterday, the culmination of the six-week process, that we probably have not had an election in America in 15 or 20 years. And I mean that literally. I mean, my, those words, I mean absolutely literally. And my friends and myself who are going through these last few hours of, of processing this are in somewhat of a daze. It, there's the entire process when you get a new piece of big information in your life, the denial process. I'm not saying that, oh, my God, no, 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 no. It's just understanding the scope of something. A uh, little off topic, you brought some analogies, I'll bring up one. Last year I saw the Grand Canyon with my own eyes for the first time and I told you what it did to me. I told you it is literally the fingerprint of proof of God on planet Earth. When you see that hole in the ground, in its full size in front of you, it is so overwhelming, at first your brain does not know what to do with the information. Okay. Okay, and th I know. Don't please don't rush this because this is so big. I know. I want and to I'll, get to the point. I, the, the, I'm getting to the point. The point is the realization that after living a life where I thought I had freedom of many different kinds, where sometimes you win elections, most times you lose elections. I have these freedoms of expression, of choice, of this, of that, the other, and I realized yesterday it's all a goddamn illusion, and we are actually whether we want to admit it or not, and this is the big one, and I'm not advocating for any violence. I'm giving analysis. We are in a state of war. Okay. It is now a state of war, not, not a civil war between brother and brother like in the 1800s. We're in a, a war in which it's the people over here and a government over there. Okay. And that is the mind-blowing truth. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. All right, so you bring up the point about war. I don't know that you're wrong. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, one of the things that, that is a common theme in my wonderment, in my brain, is, is to what extent this or that event is affecting the average voter, the average American citizen, at least. Does this impact him in a way where he doesn't want to vote Democrat, does want to vote Democrat, whatever it might be? For example, the riots over the summer. What sort of impact was that having? Was it, was it uh, encouraging people to become Democrats or discouraging them? And it turned out it was very discouraging because uh, people, uh, as it turns out, don't like rioting and looting. They're against it. They like civility and, and civilization, for that matter. They expect uh, the, the country to be in control. But uh, this recent event, 
I'm not even talking about January 6th. I'm talking about this whole stolen election, because it was stolen. Two stolen elections, if you factor in January 5th. Yeah, the George other. I understand. The point is that these are things that um, really will impact the average voter. There have been so many people um, that have changed to the Republican Party since 2016. But we now know, you and I, Ari, we now know that the 2016 election against Hillary, that that was an election where they did also try to steal the election. Um, But they just didn't have the system in place sufficient to uh, beat Trump's overwhelming uh, success. And so they were supposedly behind by only a couple, you know, 10,000 votes here, 20,000 votes there. uh, And gosh golly, it was so close. No, it was not. We now know that Dominion was in play back then, that you think that they weren't playing the game back then. Of course they were. And they were playing it back in 2012, for that matter, maybe even earlier. Point is that since then, 2016, we now know that there was an overwhelming support for Trump. And since 2016, millions more joined the Republican Party, uh, walking away. Uh, thanks to the Brennan, the great Brennan Strzokka kind of concept, but it's true. People just got tired of the uh, the Democratic monitor. They were literally fed up with it. Uh, Trump correctly said, "What have you got to lose?" And uh, much of the black community, and for that matter, I think much of every community, said, "We've got not much to lose at all." And they began to see what works. Trump showed them what works, uh, and I think that he uh, created an incredible force out there. And look at what, what happened yesterday with, forget about the Capitol for, for a moment, uh, the millions, I mean, seemingly millions of people who were out there. It, it went all the way back to the Washington Monument, as Trump correctly noted. Uh, this was a powerful force. People flew into D.C. to express themselves. This was not uh, a, a moment where, well, you know, gosh golly, it's too bad. Um, like what happened with McCain and, and Obama, and Obama won, and, you know... Uh, or Romney. Or Romney. No, yeah, and, and, people were not frustrated yeah, in that sense. And, and think about this. Uh, basically, Trump was kicked off all social media, especially Twitter, yesterday. And we don't even know if he'll ever get reinstated. Why? Because they're afraid of him. The powers that be know he's still president, whether or not he has the title of president or not. This is a man who's so powerful. He can muster a force of human power to show up anywhere, en masse, any moment he commands. That is, a, that is like General Washington in the 1700s power. Yeah, no, he's, he's extraordinary. And what's going to happen, look. And that's not the Republican oh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, yeah. when, when I'm taking over, so let me, let me finish up. What's happening is that he, you know, I'm, I'm almost happy that Twitter and Facebook, for that matter, are going to be pushing him off. Yeah, they show how powerful he is. Hold on, hold on. No, that's not the reason why I think it's, I'm happy about that. Because what's going to happen is, you you know, water finds its own level, as they say, right? Where you push something down, it's whack-a-mole. It shows up somewhere else, right? Where is it going to show else? He's going to go to Parler. He's going to go to MeWe and Gab. And they'll, they'll 
proudly embrace him when when he comes in. You think that it's not going to be. And then, of course, everyone is going to flock to Parlor and Me We. I'm I'm very happy about that because I'm I'm happy. Hold on, hold on. Ari, would you please just let me finish? The, The point is that I am excited because, first of all, as a Parlor and Me We member, I want a lot of people there. I want to have a lot of discussion and openness. It could very well be that Twitter and Facebook are are going to preclude themselves out, uh, and they're giving more power to their competitors, right? I mean, why would you why would you do such a thing? What if if I decided, let's say you're Toyota, whatever, okay, and you decide that you're not going to sell uh, cars to I don't know to anybody who's a conservative, okay? There you go. We don't like your values. We're not going to sell you. Okay, so you, so these people will, will move over to Honda, let's say, and Honda will be more than happy to make all these cars for these conservative, uh, you know, bastards, whatever you want to call them. That's the way the economy works. Yeah, I think that happened in like the 1920s or 30s where Ford refused to sell cars to Jews, and then they all bought Cadillacs. Yeah, you know? that's right. Or for that matter, uh, you know, law firms and hospitals would not treat or uh, handle clients that were Jewish or black or otherwise. And, and so as a consequence, Jews made their own law firms. And guess what? The Jewish law firms are extremely significant, extremely influential in Los Angeles and all over the country. Like Lurian Seltzer. Like Lurian Seltzer. Thank you very much. Uh, we weren't pushed out by, by you know, Gentile firms or anything else like that. But nevertheless, we went ahead and as a people, we made our own law firms, our own hospitals, our own accounting firms, and so on. And look how successful they have become. That's what happens the, in, in the whack-a-mole game. You push something down, it, it shows up somewhere else. So, frankly, I, there's a, a bit of a wry smile that I have when Twitter says that it's no longer going to uh, showcase uh, Trump. Do you really think that Trump is just going to say, oh, well, because I can't tweet, I'm, I'm just not going to do anything now. I guess I'll just have to you know, go to my golf course at Mar-a-Lago and, and say nothing. Uh, really? That's what you think? Uh, really? you, you, you smart people at Twitter think that that's the way it's going to be? Yeah, no TV network cancels its most popular show. I mean, yeah. what, what kind of idiots are they? Yeah. And so there's going to be more influence um, in um, Newsmax, OAN, and perhaps a, a Trump network ultimately. Who knows? Right, but, just like what happened with Fox on election night in November. Yeah. All those people. I mean, I still haven't put on Fox. I won't, you yeah. know? And and so many of our friends and you know millions of people across the country, in one day... Boom, either off entirely or to other networks. Yeah, it was an extraordinary event. But look, things will change. But here's one way to look at this election. This maybe is cause for optimism. And and I am even assuming here that that Biden will be president uh, and Kamala Harris and something like that. But things never happen exactly as you plan them to happen. That's right. right. God has a sense of humor, as yeah. we like to say. No, okay, so let me, you know, bear with me, Ari. The, the things that you plan... Let's say you plan a move to a new city, all right? And in your head, you're thinking about certain uh, neighbors that you'll meet and certain schools for your kids and certain clients that you'll have in your new, your, your new city or whatever it might be. And then you actually do it. And it's never quite the way you think of it. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's worse. It's, but it's always different. Always. No matter what it is. You imagine going on a date with somebody and you, you hear uh, this woman on the phone and you talk to her and you, you, in your head you imagine her to look a certain way. Even if you have a photo of her, you, you still imagine things to go a certain way. And of course the date 
doesn't go that way. It never is exactly the same way that you imagine in your head. So what am I saying? I'm saying that the upcoming presidency of Biden slash Kamala Harris is not going to be uh, what you think it's going to be. There will be a lot of surprises in the next four years. Who knows what will happen in 2022? Who knows what will happen in 2024? Who knows what will happen with people who will be so fed up with the Biden administration, seeing how what a, what a contrast there will be between a Biden foreign policy, for example, a Biden uh, handling of our national economy versus what they saw with the Trump handling of the economy, the Trump handling of foreign policy and so forth. Well, it's just the difference between how people perceive the contrast. Literally, what we saw yesterday, the end of liberty and the beginning of tyranny. And you can say people don't like it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the fact here. Yeah. You know, people don't like. And, and two points that I think we need to drill in on are what happened on Tuesday night in in Georgia and then the the exact... This might seem tiresome, but it's very germane to what we saw yesterday. The exact way that Pence handled the public rollout of what he decided to do. Tell me. Explain. Well, remember, we had this dirty election in November. So you had patriots loaded for bear, many of them not trusting the process. And then sure enough, because we were texting each other back and forth uh, uh, Tuesday night about the Georgia results, and I kept telling you, why even watch? We know it's fraud. And then sure enough, people were uploading screenshots to social media showing Purdue's number being dropped by 30,000 votes here, 20,000 votes there. You, You could just tell the whole thing is rigged. And I I said to myself that night, I said, these people know that Trump's uh, uh, crowd is showing up in D.C. tomorrow. What a dumb move to antagonize the monster like that. Uh, Can't they just run a clean election for once and be – well, of course they can't. They can't, okay? And then then the way Pence handled it the next morning – this is important. Pence was giving no signals, right? And he didn't need to give any signal. He could have just gone into the chamber and did what he did, okay? But Trump is finishing his speech. And during the last 15 minutes of his speech yesterday at the, uh, at the you know, mall, that's when Pence publicly released the statement about what he was going to do. And the wording was so particularly inflammatory that you know it drove many people into a state of absolute hysterics. Well, okay, and, I, I don't know about that. No, I, it was. I, I don't know about that. Because he, he worded it in the following ways. He said, now remember, we had a sham election in November. We had criminal activity throughout. Don't rush this. this I, I, do, I, I will as, rush As you. we all know, we have criminal activity up the wazoo in that election. And then Pence used the constitutional and historical precedent fan, kabuki fan dance as justifications for how he was the most law-abiding, right. pious person in the world. All right. I don't, I, I, not I, break precedent I, I don't, in order to I don't know if I disagree with you. I, do, I don't think that Pence had that kind of insight. I think what... what they, they wanted to go to the Capitol. They went to the Capitol, and I think the fix was already in anyway. So, I mean, you can't have it both ways, Ari. You can't say on the one hand that the Democrats bust in all these anti- Antifa people uh, and let and the police otherwise let them in and everything else, and then say, oh, that the reason why that the, the you know the, the crowd got so I mean, agitated. I'm not talking about. Let, let me finish. No, let, not, I'm not talking. Okay, about now, Ari. Ari, Ari, you got to let me finish about this. No, no, hold on. 
The point is, I just don't see it. I, I don't see it that way. I do see that the Democrats manipulated it. But I want to move on to a more important point. And the more important point is this. Uh, the Democrats are, and I'm talking about the leadership, I think they believe their own BS. That's the point. And I think that they think that the people that follow them, that vote for them, uh, everyone believes their own BS. And for example, saying that this was the most fair and free election in American history and such like that, as if we'll believe that, right? And they, they think that by saying it over and over again, and until we prove them otherwise, and somehow we you know we have a megaphone, but th that the megaphone is not working for whatever reason, therefore their truth is the truth. They remind me of all those you know famous dictators like Ceausescu, who believe that their people love them until the day that they're in front of a firing squad. Yeah, well, that's my point about Pence. His statement said that. That he can't find, he could find no wrong. I know, I, I agree with you. I'm not, and I'm not saying he antagonized the mob that took over the Capitol. That's not the point. He antagonized a process. In other words, had he not released that statement, and had he had the the process of challenging all eight of the states in dispute gone on as it was. I, I know, I know, I know. It I, would not have been undermined. I, I get that. it, but I'm not. Look, there was a lot of. Uh, what do you call it, gaslighting way before, okay? There's a lot of fooling around and, and self-delusions way before January 6th of 2021. Uh, th that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the, the four years uh, in the past and even before then where people felt like their voice is not being heard and for that matter that they were being gaslighted and they were being told that, uh, for example, this is the most free and fair election, all the, all the crap that you're hearing from the left uh, and they really believe it themselves. And what I'm trying to tell you is that there's a huge amount of groundswell support for the conservative cause. Trump has shown them that conservatism works. Trump has shown them that audacity and standing up for your beliefs works, that you stand up to your enemies. That works. And that is why you have millions of people who have flooded to the a Republican cause. What the left cannot deny or should not deny to themselves, although I think they are self-deluded, is that there were millions more people voting for Trump than, than Biden, that it was indeed a landslide, and a landslide for a reason. They're not interested in, in that. They, they, what they are interested in is power. That has been consistent in this podcast for the, uh, what, 10 years that we've been podcasting, right? That their number one goal is power. So whatever it takes to get power. Now, the problem is they think that having achieved their power, that, that people love them. That's, that's the, we say in Hebrew, the chokhmah, the, the, the audacity, the chutzpah within, within them to believe their own BS. Yeah, they win, but if, if you believe they won, if they won at all, it's by the narrowest skin of your teeth margin, and they interpret that as a mandate to run their entire agenda down our throats. Yes. That's the, yes. that I believe is your kind of thesis point about uh, they make a plan and God laughs where they think it's going to go, and they really believe this nonsense. And I, but I, I do just be one verbal thing you said as far as nuance, which is Trump did not bring people to the Republican cause. He brought people to a conservative cause. The Republicans of the Republican cause these last weeks and especially yesterday threw that advantage in the garbage. 
Pence, McConnell, even Lindsey Graham threw that into a dumpster fire. Okay. And I want to make one quick point of contrast. Uh, two things. Do you remember when Wisconsin elected Scott Walker in 2010? Yes, I know about that. Yes. So, you know, the, the teachers unions took over the Wisconsin state capitol for weeks. And no one said anything about it. I know, I know. Yeah, and yeah. then the other thing, real fast, is a contrast to yesterday. Uh, the other thing is Lindsey Graham. During the Kavanaugh hearings, Lindsey Graham 2.0 came around, and he said to Cam- looking Kamala Harris in the eye, man, you guys love power. God forbid you ever get it. And then yesterday, he went back to being Lindsey Pussy Graham again, and he just gave up. I mean, how, how quick you forget your principles. I know. Okay, so, so you're, you're right about that, of course, but... Uh, this goes to a different issue and where, where I want to explore, but I guess what you said kind of touches upon that as well. And that is that how can it be? I mean, you're, you're right, technically speaking. He brought more people to conservatism, not necessarily to republicanism. I, that's fair. Right, and they voted... But, but, but wait, 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 wait. Let, let me just move on. Ari, I know you want to get into everything, but I, 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 I want to go to a certain point. The point is that uh, we want to explore why this is happening. So that's the ultimate issue here. We, we have lackluster uh, Republicans. We have people that are betraying the cause. They, they, they're more interested in their own political power. And I'm talking about Lindsey Graham. I'm talking about Michael Pence and, and, Romney. and, many, and Romney, of course. There are many of them. Unfortunately, there are too many of them. And, you know, how can we, I, I really feel like, uh, you know, the scene in Braveheart where, uh, where the Mel Gibson character, of course, uh, Will Wallace, is talking to Robert the Bruce and telling him, you know, you know, people will follow you if you if you just lead. And then he betrays Will Wallace, and it's it, you cannot win when your own team is seeking to undermine you, and that's what's happened here. Now the question is, why is it? Why is it happening? Why are they suddenly so afraid? Well, here's what it is: they see where the winds are blowing. Right, Lindsey Graham and otherwise. They see that they're going to be uh, in the minority very quickly. And it's not just a political minority, but they, they see that they're going to be under threat one way or the other. They're going to be brought up for charges or whatever it is. And this is a way of, of them saying, listen, if I support you now, will you lay off? And the answer is, yeah, we'll lay off you, Lindsey. Yeah, we'll lay off you, Michael Pence. Yeah, we won't show that blackmail that we have on you, uh, Justice John Roberts, and so on. Okay, now... That last thing you just heard me say about blackmail, let me make this very clear. I have no doubt that there is dramatic blackmail going on um, uh, against Republican uh, higher-ups, whether that's Michael Pence or John Roberts. Or it's on them. And like we talked about a couple podcasts ago, it could be as simple as Google just releasing their search results. I mean, you know... It doesn't mean they're having sex with 15-year-old boys on Jeffrey Epstein's island. It could, but it could just be something a little embarrassing. These are weak people who cower at the, at the slightest threat. Yes, I, th- I think that's exactly right. Yeah, so they're, I don't want to get into, like you, full conspiracy here. We're just saying in the, in the most basic way, it's about carrots and sticks. Well, I'll tell you why. This is why uh, carrots and sticks works. Um, because when people act very bizarrely, you have to ask why are things happening. You know, people indicate things whether you you know whether they you see it directly happening in front of you or not. You can still see something's up. So, for example, if you see somebody talking to you and you ask him, "Hey, did you steal the money from my uh, you know cashier register?" 
uh, and they start sweating and they start kind of darting their eyes this way and that, and they say, you can't prove that. Uh, you know something's up, yeah, right? they might have at that they, point. They might very well have. Uh, uh, somebody who didn't would say, no, why... Really? What's going on? Can I help you in some yeah, they way? Show curiosity. They show some curiosity, but but it wouldn't be the case if they actually stole the money. So, the actions of so many of these Republicans is very bizarre. It's particularly John Roberts. I think that Mike Pence also acted very bizarrely. Um, so, it's that's not to say that every Republican has to vote exactly the same way as as every other Republican. Of course not. We're not we're not the Borg. Uh, yeah, from Star not, Trek, but but what I'm saying, what I'm saying, hold on, Mario, hold on, hold on, just let me finish my point. Um, the point is that some weird stuff happens. Now, we know this is the party that had no problem, you know, fabricating dossiers for the purpose of creating warrants for the purpose of spying, ultimately spying on the president-elect uh, Donald Trump at that time. Um, and, and when he was a ca campaigning for that matter. Yeah, me and the Democrats, they're that vicious. That's how vicious they are, and uh, they will stop at nothing. So don't tell me that they're not undermining democracy. Of course they are. They hate democracy. Uh, and we've explained that, and I think we've established that before. This is also the same party that threatened those two canvassers in Detroit, Michigan, the Wayne County, uh, when they were going to uh, claim that they were not going to certify these bizarre results. Well, they were threatened. They were threatened real good, and don't you know, they were certified. In other words, threats work. Now, before you say, my dear listener, that that is so absurd, that is conspiratorial, I want you to know something. You yourself uh, laugh at other elections in other countries, especially from dictators like the former Saddam Hussein, who would win by 97%. Okay, you would say, okay, the fix is in. Elections are not clean in many other countries. Why can't it be that they are not necessarily clean in this country? Your faith in cleanliness of the elections and that everyone will act so cleanly and that no one will steal and no one will try to operate a big scam upon the American election system borders. No, it doesn't border. It is Pollyannish. You have to be vigilant. As an American, you have to understand human nature. And human nature seeks to profit from power. Human nature is greedy. Human nature lies. Human nature wants to exploit situations where it can. And finally, human nature loves power. So when power is begat solely through an election process like we have in America, you look to find ways to exploit it. And it is so much easier to do so if you change the rules, you create computer systems that pretend to be efficient, you create uh, ground rules where you don't have to even show your ID, and then you expect it to still be a fully free and fair election. You have to be a fool to believe that because there's plenty of evidence from countries outside of the United States that show exactly that. Look, before we go, I want to reemphasize the point that there are many more Trump supporters, and not just Trump supporters, I, I mean conservatives, people who have appreciated what it is to be conservative, people who are angry at the election being stolen. And it's 70 plus percent of Republicans believe that.
who voted for Trump believe that this election was stolen. We're not going to go out screen, you know, without a good fight at the end of the day. We are going to continue this fight. And I want you as my dear listener to continue the cause. Do not give up. Remember this one last thing. The wheels of justice grind ever so slowly, but ever so fine. It is true that justice is slow. We, we don't like that. But think in just the past 10 years alone, 12 years, that without a, a Barack Obama being president who defeated a very poor candidate named John Candidate, and without him defeating a very poor candidate named Mitt Romney in 2012, we would not have had a fantastic president like Donald J. Trump. Without a, a monster named Hitler, we would not have had the extraordinarily powerful, successful, and liberty-loving and liberty-spreading country called America as we know it today, right? And, there, and it goes down the line. Without the fight that we had in the Civil War, 600,000 men dying over the issue of slavery, we would not have the freedom that we enjoy today for all peoples. This is what is meant by the wheels of justice, grinding ever so slow, but ever so fine. So, yes, it looks like there will be a Biden presidency, and then very quickly, I'm sure, a Kamala Harris presidency, but it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. There will be a lot of incredible things that result from this. Just you wait. I'm Brock Lurie signing off. God bless. God bless this country. God bless you. Keep up the fight, and we will talk with you next week.